Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We read from John chapter 1, starting at verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who had heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is God's holy word. I was wondering if I could get a few volunteers. Maybe some of the children would like to come up here. Okay, Adam. So I need one, two, three, four, five. All right, Grant. So I got two, three. Bella, uh, you're going to have to be a boy, but you can come. <laughs> Four. All right. Little Miss Mayfield, come on. All right, you're also going to have to be a boy, but come ahead. Okay, so I want two of you over here. So we'll have Bella and Adam come over here. Uh, we will have, I don't know, why don't you go over here with Adam? 
you go over here with Adam you come over here. You can be right here. Um, you're here and you're here. Okay, you guys spread out a little bit so I can be in the middle. All right, so we are finding disciples for Jesus. And these two over here are going to be the first two disciples that Jesus finds. Okay, do you remember the name of one of those disciples that Jesus finds, the very first one? Peter. <laughs> Peter's over here. Okay, you're Peter. All right, who is the first one? Anybody? We just read it. Okay, Andrew. All right? So you're Andrew, and you are the secret disciple. Okay? Nobody knows who you are. All right. Who else is left? So then after we got Andrew, and then we've got Peter, then who gets found next? Philip. Philip. Good. And who's the last one? Nathaniel. All right. So each of these disciples is unique. And each one has a special story. <clears throat> All right, and we're wondering, how do they find Jesus? So it begins with Andrew and this unnamed disciple that nobody knows who this person is. It's a secret, but some people think it's John. So John and Andrew, we would say, that's a secret, so nobody can know you're John. You're the unnamed disciple. All right. And they find Jesus because they're disciples of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is over there somewhere. Maybe you can be John the Baptist. Stand up. All right, so you're preaching off in the wilderness somewhere, and you're pointing at me, okay, because I get to be Jesus. All right, the pastor gets to be Jesus. So he points at me. You can sit down. All right, so you say, oh, John wants me to find Jesus. And you hear him say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you find Jesus. So come over here and give me five. All right, come over here and give me five. All right. Now the secret disciple can go sit down. Thank you. All right, now what is Andrew going to do next? He's found Jesus, so he wants to go tell somebody else. What is he, where does he go? Okay, he's going to tell his brother. And this is his brother, Peter, whose name is Simon, so far. And you tell, so you get a bell of five. Give a high five. All right, you found Simon, your brother, and you, you told Simon about Jesus, and now you can go sit down in here. All right, now Simon, what's Simon going to do? Well, I want to find out about Jesus, so Simon comes, gives me five. You found Jesus. All right. And I will call you, no longer you'll be Simon, and no longer will you be Bella. You will be Peter, who is the rock. Go sit down. All right, now. So how many have we found so far? Three? Three. All right, we've got two more to go. Now Jesus says, I'm going to find someone myself. So Jesus decides he's going to go and find Philip. He goes to Galilee, where Philip is, over here. And he finds Philip, and he simply says, follow me. Philip has been found. Now, Philip is really excited. He's found Jesus, the one that everyone's been talking about. So Philip is going to tell someone. Who is Philip going to tell? 
Nathaniel, who's over here. So he tells Nathaniel, so give him five. Now, Nathaniel says, I don't believe. Philip says, we found Jesus of Nazareth. He's the Messiah. And Nathaniel says, nothing good could come from Nazareth. But he doesn't believe. So Philip, you can go sit down. You've tried. Some people can't be helped. <laughs> now Nathaniel's left. He thinks he's got it figured out. But Jesus has a surprise for him. He says, I knew what you were doing this morning when you were eating breakfast. I was watching you. Which might sound kind of creepy, but Jesus sees him when he was under the fig tree earlier that day. And so he's amazed. How did you know this, Jesus? And Jesus says, you're surprised by this? I'm going to show you even greater things. And he says, you are the son of God. You may go sit down, Nathaniel. Thank you. Now, the reason why I thought it was helpful to, to do this was to show you how complex it is, the way that Jesus finds people. Right? None, none of these examples were exactly the same as the other one. In fact, John is unique because he tells us about these five disciples, and three of them we don't hear about hardly at all in the other three Gospels. So there's four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us very little about Andrew, very little about Philip, and really nothing about Nathaniel because we think Nathaniel is going by a different name in Matthew, Mark, and Luke because he's not mentioned. He might be Bartholomew. Sometimes they had more than one name. So you have these three different Disciples that Jesus finds, and then Peter's in the mix there, but we know Peter pretty well. A friend once told me how he attended a Lutheran seminary, but he told me that he had grown up Baptist, and when he got to the Lutheran seminary, he told his professor, well, I found Jesus when I was 16. And of course, being a good Lutheran professor, he looked back at him and said, you didn't find Jesus, Jesus found you. Sometimes we get caught up in this debate, especially between Baptists and Lutherans or Protestants, we'll debate, and even among Baptists, they don't all agree because some follow the teaching of Calvin, some follow the teaching of Arminius, and they disagree on how people get saved. My point for today is not to debate that question. Because I think we can get so caught up in that question that we miss the real point of the story, the real point of the gospel. In fact, you can find in this very story, both things happen. So did Jesus find Andrew or did Andrew find Jesus? So it's the way it's worded is that Andrew is seeking Jesus and he finds him. And then, did Peter find Jesus, or did Jesus find Peter, or did Andrew find Peter? Andrew finds Peter, and then Peter finds Jesus. Then, did Philip find Jesus, or did Jesus find Philip? Remember, Philip, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. 
And then did Nathaniel find Jesus or did Jesus find Nathaniel? Well, both things happened because at first, Peter says to Nathaniel, uh, Philip says to Nathaniel, we found the Messiah. Nathaniel doesn't believe him. And then Jesus convinces him by revealing that he knew him when he was all alone. This key phrase in the text is come and see. It's not about whether they made a decision for Jesus or Jesus made a decision for them, whether they found Jesus or Jesus found them. The point of it all is that it's all circulating around Jesus through different ways that Jesus finds different people in different places. People that are relatively unknown to us, and we've probably read the Bible a lot. Jesus is at the center. So it's disciples finding Jesus, finding disciples all at once. It begins with the call of Andrew. So we're going to look at Andrew, Philip, and Nathaniel and see how each one is unique. In the personal call of Andrew, I would say you find a seeker. The type of person who's ready to go to action. He's restless. He's waiting for someone to just give him something to do. So Andrew is looking for direction. And Andrew's mostly overlooked. In fact, if you look at Andrew in the first three Gospels, he doesn't stand out. It's Peter who stands out. Andrew seems to be in the shadow of his brother. I mean, Peter is well-known. He's probably the most well-known of all the apostles. And here's Andrew. Very little is known about him, except John's gospel brings it out. And he just wants to know what he can do. So the question Andrew is asking is, where do you want me to go and what do you want me to do, God? He's been following John the Baptist, and John the Baptist has been teaching him about the Lord and how the Messiah is coming. And then he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Andrew knows his purpose. You know, life is meaningless without purpose. People are searching for it. And when people can't seem to find it, their life becomes very empty, very depressing, very sad. We need purpose every day. Why are we here? What are we doing? Where are we going? These are the questions that Andrew is thinking about. Jesus says, come and see. You know, Jesus doesn't send Andrew on a mission right away. In fact, Andrew only asks, where are you staying? And it shows us that when we're looking for what we're supposed to be going, where we're supposed to be going, what we're supposed to be doing, what is our purpose in life? Jesus says it begins with abiding with me, coming to my house and staying with me. And that word abide comes up in John again and again and again. Probably most familiar is John 15, where Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. And as the branch does not bear fruit apart from the vine, so you will not bear fruit unless you abide in me. 
Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. That means remain with Jesus, stay with him, find out where he's staying, and find a place of rest, and you'll find what that purpose is with Jesus. And so he does get his excitement, his purpose to go and find his brother and tell him about what he's found. And sometimes you might be living in someone's shadow. You might might not be the best known Christian. You might not be the most famous in all the world or even in this little community. But that doesn't mean that you're not doing something. And what Andrew does is he finds the one who Jesus is going to use to be the leader of the Christian church movement in the first century. The second call is Philip. Now, Philip is more of a thinker. He strikes me as the type that would analyze every situation before he would take any action. He's not going to jump into something. He wants to know, practically speaking, how is this going to work? In chapter 6 is when Philip shows up again, and then he shows up in chapter 14. In chapter 6 is the feeding of the 5,000. And when Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to feed all these people, there's such a large crowd, Jesus says to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now Jesus says this to test Philip. For Jesus knew he was going to do a miracle. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not be enough to feed all this people. Then Andrew speaks up, and he finds a boy with five loaves and two fish, and Jesus feeds the whole crowd. So there's one instance where Philip is with Jesus, and he's wondering, how are we going to make this happen? It happens again in chapter 14, where Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going away. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I'm preparing a place for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. Again, Philip is thinking, how is this going to work? What what does this mean that you're going to show us the Father? You're going to tell us of the Father? And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Philip would be the one thinking through all this thing. How is it going to work? It reminds me of the story of a man who had gone fishing. You know, Bethsaida was a fishing town, and a lot of these disciples were fishermen. And there's a story of a man who would go fishing. And for a while, he never caught anything. He'd come home every day, didn't have any fish to show his wife or his family. Until one day, he suddenly came home with a great catch of fish. Well, that was nice, fed the family. And then he went back out the next day. Comes back, he's got another day's worth of fish. And he goes out the third day, another day's worth of fish. And his wife finally asks him, what are you doing to catch all these fish? And he says, well, come and see. So he takes his wife down to the spot where he's been catching all these fish. And he's looking around, wondering, like he's lost. (coughs) 
His wife says, well, what are you looking for? Where are the fish? He says, well, I'm looking for the old man. I'm looking for the old man that was down here. He's the one that taught me how to catch these fish. See, he had found this old man catching fish by the riverside, and he decided, I might as well ask him. I haven't caught anything. And the old man showed him how to catch fish in that spot. Now, how much of our life is about someone else showing us how to do it? If we've never done it before, if we don't know how to do it, if we don't know how it works, don't we all need a mentor? Don't we all need someone to show us how this is going to happen because we can't do it on our own? And so if you're that type of person who doesn't know how to do this Jesus thing, doesn't know how to pray, doesn't know how to believe, doesn't know how to go out and find other disciples, well, that's all the more reason for our church to have mentors, to have people who are with Jesus learning from him, and then they're (laughs) teaching other people how to catch fish. Jesus simply says to Philip, follow me. That's the answer. The third call is the call of Nathaniel. Now, I said Nathaniel wasn't mentioned at all in the first three Gospels. He's possibly the one they call Bartholomew. We don't know a whole lot about him, but in this text in particular, we find out what we need to know. He seems like he's a bit of a skeptic. Was he prejudiced to Nazareth? That he thinks it's such a lowly town he could never go it? Was he antagonistic against the people from Nazareth? Did he have a bad history with them? Was he judgmental? He sees in Nazareth something that's not worth paying attention to because it's so ordinary, it's so out of the way. Certainly God would not come from Nazareth. See, Nathaniel wants to know who God is. So Andrew's after the question where, Philip's after the question how, Nathaniel's after the question who. Who is God? He's a straightforward, a straight shooter. He wants to know God personally. We often tend to judge God based on outward appearance. We see the world around us, we see how our lives are going personally, and we start to make conclusions about who God is. Maybe a loved one got sick. We wonder, who is God? Maybe we didn't get the promotion we deserved, and we wonder, who is God? Maybe we're seeing a bad example in a Christian leader, and we wonder, who is God? Maybe marriage is going very difficult, and your spouse isn't doing what you wish they would, even though you're doing the right thing, and we wonder, who is God? Nathaniel wants God to cut through the veil and show us who he is. Only that is just what God does. Even when we are not aware of God, he's aware of us. Even when our mind is wandering off, distracted, distraught with trouble, he's aware of us. Even when we're sitting under that fig tree praying, for answers, and we're crying out, and God doesn't seem to be giving us anything back. He's there. And Jesus is showing Nathaniel, when you're trying to cut through all the stuff, all the outward appearance of life that is getting you to question God, 
he shows up and says, here I am. Jesus is showing that he is the son of God. Before, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. We wonder what Nathaniel was doing there. There's, it's only a hypothesis to speculate what was he doing there. Fig trees were known for places of prayer, places of meditation and quiet in the middle of the day. If you've ever watched the show The Chosen, you know one of the first seasons portrays this conversion of Nathaniel. And we don't know what it was exactly like, but in the show, they take the liberties to, to tell the story of Nathaniel, the backstory, and they picture him as an architect. But he's an architect where everything has gone badly in his life. He's worked so hard to get to where he was, and then when he should be reaching the pinnacle of his career, everything falls apart, and he loses his job. <coughs> he ends up going to that fig tree, and he's sitting under there, and he's praying, and he's writing this note to God angrily. Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you show me the way? Why would you set me up for failure? He's crying out, why, Lord? How long will you let me be in this state of distress? Later on, Jesus finds him, and he says, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. God is deeply aware of us. And he says to Nathaniel, there is no guile in your heart. That what you're searching for when you're in those moments of struggle with God and you're praying very fervently is honesty. God is trying to get you to be honest. To say things as they really are and not pretend otherwise. In your prayers, God wants no guile. Now the word guile comes from a fishing term, which means to bait and trick a fish into getting caught. But God doesn't deal with us that way. He doesn't want us to be bait and switch people. Instead, he says, be honest, pray to me, cry out, and know I'm listening. Even if I don't tell you the answer right away, there's a good reason. And he says, you will see even greater things than these, because Jesus himself is the stairway to the temple of God. You will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is referring back to the story of Jacob. When Jacob left home, he was going out because his brother wanted to kill him, and he was going to be lost alone in the wilderness until finally he laid down to sleep that night and God appeared to him in a dream with a stairway leading to heaven, picturing these platforms that would raise up to a temple at the top. With angels ascending and descending, God was in that holy place of Bethel. And now Jesus says, I am that holy place. I am that living tabernacle. I am the mediator who connects you and your prayers and cries on earth to our God in heaven. Have you seen the greatness of Jesus? We don't know what will turn out with each of our little disciples doing. As parents, we look at these little kids and we wonder, what is their path going to be? Are they going to find Jesus when they need him? 
Will Jesus find them when they need him? We want to remember, like Andrew, like Philip, like Nathaniel, every path is a little bit different. But God is aware of each of you every step of the way, even when you go on a path you shouldn't be on. Until finally, he desires to bring you back and say in those simple words, follow me. Amen.